0: Hey guys, welcome to Know Your Gear QA 100, episode 145. It's Valentine's Day. So I don't know how many of you are going to join me for today. I'm hoping a good amount, but not a great amount because I'm sure you guys and gals out there have something to do that's more important than this, but I appreciate you hanging out with me. Um, so, a couple things as uh, we start every live show, a couple announcements. Uh, first, if uh, if you want to ask a question, please start the question in the comments with a question mark first. That's how I know you're asking a question and not just chatting back and forth. The other thing is, if you're watching the rebroadcast of this show, uh, there's an index that I type down below of all the questions and subjects, so you can go right to that if you don't want to watch the whole entire thing. And also, of course, you can stream this on iTunes and SoundCloud as a podcast and just listen to it if you're interested in just listen to something in the car or somewhere uh something like that and uh so a couple things let's uh, i got a cup of water or a glass of water i should say hold on a second so i am ready uh for the questions hold on i got my right screens up i do look at that and uh today i'm wearing a very special shirt i'm wearing a a Chipson shirt <laughs> So I bumped into the guys at Chipson. Yes, there's there's guys at Chipson. This is real uh, at the Nam show. And uh, they gave me some stickers and we we chatted for a few minutes and uh, they sent me this shirt and I'm sending them a special shirt uh, that my wife is designing that is really uh, I love it. In fact, I'll probably have her make me one as well. uh, I'm really excited about it. Anyways, I love this shirt. So if you guys I'll put a link right now, if you guys don't uh, don't know who this is. Chipson is a—I uh, I guess we'll say parody. They do a, a Instagram. They have a YouTube channel as well, but I'll put—I'll link you to both. Uh, but the—the um, the, uh, daily dose. If you just want a good chuckle, go on Instagram. You know what? I'm going to share one with you. Uh, I don't even know what will be on there, so maybe. It will be funny. Maybe it won't. Give me a second. I'm going to go right to it. So uh, they're on Instagram. You just look up Chipsin. I promise you, if you're looking for just a good, you know, nerdy chuckle, as you know, we it's Chipsin USA, which even makes it better. Chipsin USA. And uh, what they do, let's click on it. And then let me share with you guys. Let me go to my uh, share screen. Give me a second. Here we go. Share this, and ta-da! Today's Instagram is the bait and switch distortion pedal. Uh, <laughs> rat your friends out. So they make these funny, uh, you know, funny things like, uh, "Oh, this is awesome. This is the uh, for eight ninety nine. You can get the Guitar Center white noise sleep machine, uh, the only sleep machine designed specifically for guitarists. It's the sound of Guitar Center." <laughs> Noise machine. There's so many I don't want to ruin them uh, go over there and check them out I found them and uh, and uh, I I've been showing them to everybody I see just because it, it kind of makes me uh, Laugh let me close it back out. And uh, so I'm just sharing with that with you And of course, uh, there's a Chipson shirt if you want a Chipson shirt. I think it was the rest day Let's see it. Let me model it, it says uh, Only a Chipson is good enough <laughs> good fun, good fun. You know what I mean? It's just good fun. I, I I, hope deep down, seriously, so you guys know, I hope deep down Gibson finds this funny. I hope, I always love it when somebody can find humor in the, uh, you know, in, the, in their in, uh, jokes. I've tried to find humor uh, or try to laugh at myself over the years, you know, when because when people like made ball jokes, hey, your head's like a cue ball. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like I was, uh, I always, I always tell you guys about how I have to wear a hat during the live show. I don't actually have to this live show because with the new setup, I don't have down lighting now. It's all front lighting. I don't have to, wear, but remember when I was talking about how it shines off my head, when I did my Steve I interview, that was one of the problems I was dealing with was my whole head because they lighted the room. And of course they didn't think pale, bald, white guy was the... <laughs> was the, what you were going to light for. So I look like I, my head is just glowing like a light bulb. Uh, so I had to, uh, I had to tame that down. And even though it's pretty bad. So when you watch the Steve, I, uh, video, if you want to just, uh, call, you know, make jokes about my big glowing head, uh, it's fine with me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, so, um, they, uh, <laughs> Anyways okay so there's 300 of us like I said I think it would be a little lower today I that's why I went last minute for Valentine's Day which is good I still like it it may actually make it a better show if I can track what's going on with the comments um the uh, uh, this is Louis 66 uh did a question it's not for me but it's a question it was for question for Ben Co- Coombs sorry Ben Ben Coombs uh, it says what does it mean the spanner next to your name he's talking about the spanner wrench next to somebody's name, uh, that means I've clicked them and let them be a moderator. So I usually pick like patrons, uh, people I've recognized for years, you know, coming on the, the channel, um, and I'll click them and you can make them moderators so they can actually, uh, put people in timeouts or actually remove people if they're on the uh, thing. And I, and I usually want a bunch of people moderating because, uh, you know, I don't want, Somebody uh, like one guy or one person just you know po kicking people out doing stuff that doesn't sound right So I I do p- I do pick people that I trust or people that I know like Ben who does this as well every day And it's just not it's not so much in the negative things just helps and also what's great for me is if uh, Some of my moderators like Todd flowers right now bb ninja. Um, if they post something Not only will I highlight them so I can see them faster But also they might want to bring something to my attention real fast. So which is good um And that sometimes helps. Uh, Ben says, nice new shelves. I posted on Instagram today a little quick video about the shelves. Uh, I got them at the Ikea. Um, I'll put a link when I index it to the Instagram feed. Or maybe I'll put it on Facebook too. But either way, that's where I posted it. A little quick little video. Uh, I got this at uh, uh, Ikea. What's funny was I gutted the closet. So that was the closet behind me. And it was a large closet, as you can see. Three-door closet. This is a very small room. So it was uh, cool. And I thought, uh, I used to have like my, you know, storage in there and a desk. I had some counters and stuff in there, our our tables. Anyways, long story short, I thought, let's do a build out. That's what I told my wife. I go, let's do a build out and build out a thing for amps. And I was about to do it. And of course, every time you do something like that, a project in the house, I sometimes feel like, well, maybe I should check, you know, (laughs) make sure before I go to Home Depot and buy all this wood and check things out. And I went on. Uh, to Ikea and of course this thing came right up and I read the dimensions and I almost didn't believe it because it's almost perfect with the 30 inch wide uh, Shelving units and as you can see I'm putting full combos. This is a deluxe reverb uh, behind me And in fact, I have what looks like 412s behind me. Which way am I doing? There it is uh, But they're actually large 212s, but again, it accommodates everything little heads uh, and you, it's modular It moves around. I mounted it straight to the wall, but more importantly it had wood um wood uh, shelves and um i was able to uh do some stuff to them uh which i maybe i should do a video about that so there's no everybody asked me about noise and, and vibrating well i mounted them to the wall and then of course i put dampening on the wood shelves uh which was not hard to do at all i just used some 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 like felt and then when i put the wood in the corners like imagine like a v i pressed it in there tight so there's no rattling and it's been working great so Just thought I'd share that with you. But there you go. Ikea shelves. I know. It's like uh, Ikea is like there's one of those like I'm happy they exist and I hate that they exist for a ton of both reasons. (laughs) Okay. So uh, and then uh, Pooh Ninja says, is that uh, HP? He means Henning shelving Unit. No, Henning built his out of wood. He just built it out of wood, which is pretty much what I was going to do. Just build one out of wood. But the one of the downfalls was... Uh, I'm not a head uh, person. Uh, So, like, my, so I'll explain the shelving unit that's important. Maybe it's important you guys understand. A lot of times, when you see a lot of, especially YouTube channels, but just people who have shelving units, they're putting heads in the units. and they're running all the heads through a switcher and then into like one cabinet or in Henning's case, he'll run it to a, uh, a two notes uh, DI box and stuff. And of course, he has a cabinet as well, too. I don't want that. In fact, none of my amps are hooked up to any kind of switching. I don't want any of that stuff. What I want to be able to do is like whatever amp, like right now, of course, I'm in my Princeton mood. So it's right there whatever amp i'm in the mood for i'll put it right there i'll just pick the one up above it and put it down below so uh and then I, you can tell whatever heads i'm using because the two cabinets i have hooked up which i'll be honest with you i'm not using that marshall cabinet i'm using this uh mcknight uh, uh uh mojo tone mcknight cabinet or you know know your gear cabinet whatever it's the Mojo Tone cabinet and right now i'm running my dirty shirley through it look at that i'm actually getting good at pointing and uh so whatever head i can tell you right now whatever heads there Uh is what i'm using so that that amp and the one there and then below the princeton is my uh, other amp So I wanted to be able to swap out my amps. I don't want a switching unit Um, it's not what i'm up to. Uh, you know the Hughes and kittener. I turned it on just because it looked pretty (laughs) So it's not hooked up to anything. It's uh, and don't worry. You won't hurt it It's in standby mode and it's totally fine. Uh, it has a load. I put a load on it So we're good, but uh, I did it just for the you know I thought that looked cooler. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's why I did it this way. Again, I don't want this uh, uh, studio rig of switching amps. I just wanted to be able to present my amps. Not so much as a backdrop for the videos, although that's helpful. I just needed a place to stack amps because I was getting sick of how wide the... the... Okay, uh, we got a super chat. It's from Dan Brown. Let's click that for a second. Dan Brown says, my PRS... Oh, man, so it's tiny. I can't see it now. (laughs) okay it says my prs 305 sounds weak in the fourth position but fine in the fifth and third any idea hold on any idea what the issue is well that doesn't sound right let me tell you right there and the problem with the 305 so the 305 so you guys know is is the uh uh, next iteration of the uh, 513 by prs which was Five pickups and 13 switching combinations. And then 305 is like, what, three pickups and, you know, whatever. I don't know, 30 switches and five, whatever. uh, Somebody will put it in the comments. Uh, But the point is, there's a lot of electronics in there. So what I would do, uh, honest with you, uh, Dan, that doesn't sound right. I've played uh, enough of these type of guitars to know that that you shouldn't be noticing any issues like that. So the fact that you're noticing an issue like that. um, I don't know about the 305s, but the 513s for a little while were plagued with bad wiring uh, issues you know what i mean uh plague meaning you know it was common enough that if you heard a problem you're like yes in fact uh one of my teachers that worked for me had a 513 and had to go back to prs and get redone uh because it had some issues so i would get somebody on the phone uh dan at prs on the tech side and get uh and get somebody to talk to you on that it might have to go to them uh for service, I mean, you know, that's part of the part of the problem when a company tries to do something cutting edge, like make all that routing and stuff in there. It doesn't take much—a bad short, a uh, bad soldering point, um, a component. I mean, there could be all kinds of stuff in there. So, be aware of that. How do I un? How do I un unhighlight that? That's the problem. I think with the highlighting thing, is does anyone know how to unhighlight? <laughs> So to so make sure Dan's not on there all the time, or do I constantly highlight now? Now that I click that, um, what else do we got? Hold on a second, let me go. I I have Streamyard gives you a screen, and it's kind of nice, but I I still prefer the original screen. Um, yeah, Jeff said a bad short, not like the good shorts. Well, yes, yes. So it's sometimes the way we say the words doesn't make sense. It's like uh, George Carlin, right? Basically, that's a George Carlin joke. George Carlin says they call it when two airplanes. <laughs> George Carlin says when two planes almost hit each other, they call it a near miss. And he goes, you know, what I mean, he's like, it doesn't make any sense. A collision is a near miss. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought I saw. Another super chat. Hold on a second. There was one before I even started. It's from Serang. So I want to get that one out there, too. Hold on. I also want to see if I can unhighlight this question. I hate it when we're dealing with, like, the technical difficulty difficulties, but I don't know how to unhighlight a question. I know how to. How to oh, okay. Do that. Do that that? All right. Maybe that works. All right. We got Serang. He says, Hey, Phil, hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, buddy. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone again. Uh, to brighten up my Ibanez RG, he's br- using brighten like the sound, not brighten like the color. Uh, should I put a one meg, uh, potentiometer in the tone position of the, v- or the, or the volume position? Cheers and thanks. So what he's talking about is the fact that it notoriously, uh, obviously in an Ibanez RG, a dual humbucker guitar, it's going to have 500k potentiometers, uh, and single- Coil guitars will generally have 250k potentiometers. Active pickups generally have 25K potentiometers. Um, I think it was like Jazzmasters. Somebody was like, help me out. Some Jaguars or Jazzmasters originally had 1 Megs in them. I'm doing off memory. But anyways, 1 Megs. Uh, if you put a 1 Meg potentiometer in a guitar like that, Ibanez has 500Ks. More highs will get through. It's the way I say it. Uh, it's it's really less of that will get through. It's more of a resistance issue. But either way, it'll be brighter. That's all I'm trying to say. Your ear will notice a, a brighter difference. Um, if you put it, it does I don't think it'll matter. If you put it in the tone pot or the volume pot, um, first of all, I would go ahead and I would say run it on the volume pot, but here's what I want to tell you. First, if you're gonna do it, probably do it to both potentiometers, it won't matter. The other thing is I don't know if it's gonna make that much of a difference. So don't worry too much about it. I don't think a one meg on a guitar like that. Um, I think I remember i I'm, you know what's funny is I remember hearing that PRS originally, oops sorry, uh kicked the the, the desk uh prs originally was using one meg pots in their guitars but i've never seen them i every time i open up a prs even older ones they always had 500ks in there but my my thought buddy would be just to go ahead and 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 get two one meg pots they're not expensive uh wire one into your volume and see what happens if you like it it's easy that way you don't have to undo the capa- the tone cap you know the capacitor uh for the tone pot i don't know why i'm calling it a tone cap i guess because i'm it's a near miss anyways uh anyways i would just replace the uh the volume pot and then if you get the difference you want good if not just go ahead and do both see what happens so but yeah it's a good it's a good idea i think you fundamentally have a good idea to check it out so and i like that idea that most people would just want to bypass the tone control completely but i actually like the idea of doing what you're doing a little bit more you never know you get might get lucky Uh, okay. Hold on. Uh, Sunday Matinee says, one meg would be much brighter, I would think. It could be. The problem with this whole thing is, it's just one factor in the equation. In other words, uh... If you, like I said, let's use the Jazzmaster. Here's what I would imagine. Let's use a P90. If I was using a P90 and you had 500K and you go to one make, I think it makes a difference. Sometimes the humbuckers are an interesting thing. Sometimes humbuckers are just dark sounding. They get that way. Um, and there's nothing you can do to brighten them up. I've tried that before. And the problem is, is I've seen it where... A type of humbucker is uh, not a type, a, a single one. So what I mean by that is, let's use an example like that Ibanez. They'll have uh, Ibanez RG. He didn't say which one, but maybe it has you know Ibanez preparatory pickups in it. Sometimes I've had that with Ibanez where the, the pickup is very dark sounding. It's really kind of like this, and there's just nowhere to get the clarity out of it. And everything you do, you just never get that clarity out of it. Even when you try to use an EQ and EQ it out, anything, it just really has that kind of muffled dark sound. But the reason why I say that pickup is, I mean, I could take two other guitars with the same guitars, the same pickups, and they don't have that problem. It's just sometimes, you know, something happens, the way they get wired. Um, Not to mention, we live in a world, you understand, like, we live in a world where I generally don't trust every single thing <laughs> that comes out of a factory. Um, I don't care if it's Indonesian factories, American factories, you know, factories are factories. Factories are people and people make mistakes and people do weird things. Uh, people run out of wire and they got two more guitars to complete until they go home for the day. You know what I mean? It's just a weird thing. You know what I mean? So... Um, You know, so it's again different things. It could always be something out there. It's strange. Uh, Dan Kish says on behalf of the Great Lakes guitar pickups. Uh, How should I reach out and send you pickups for the 2020 pickup reviews? Uh, Great guy, great prices, great pickups. Okay, great. Uh, Dan, thank you. Uh, So on behalf, so so Dan is just a a viewer who wants me to feature the Great Lakes. It's super easy and the gates are wide open now. I have the guitar. I have started the process of doing the content for that series. I'm hoping that the first one comes out next week, although I'm just saying I'm hoping. Remember I was talking about in January. Um, This is a big project and actually some other great opportunities. Came up from it. So, to answer your question, if a pickup company wants to be involved in this pickup uh, videos where I do the reviews of pickups, it's pretty simple. They're going to have to send a set of pickups and um to make things easy i'm just gonna make a small fee and what the fee is it wasn't a fee before what it was before is they had to buy two cartridges for their pickups for the guitar and now what i'm gonna do is just probably charge them a small fee which covers the cartridges and i'm just gonna start so what i'm saying that is i plan to i gotta talk to the owner of the pickup uh, co- uh the guitar company uh monday or next week uh, and um uh, and when i do i plan to just buy a bunch of cartridges and then i'm just gonna have people reimbursement for the cartridges so that's all they gotta do it's a couple hundred bucks and they send me two pickups and they're they're done if they want the pickups back i can send the pickups back obviously i'm not going to refund the the money for the cartridges um and in some cases if they're small pickup builders again i want to try everything case by case if they don't have the some companies just are strapped if you don't have the money for the cartridges it's just a lot more work for me <laughs> if I have to do it always uh, the other way. But that's all I have to do. Contact me. So, Dan, the easiest way of what I'm trying to say is just have him contact me. Uh, contact me. If you're contacting me about the pickup thing, please email me at pmknight 7 at gmail.com. I'll put a thing when I index it to that email address. Um, that email address, I can tell you right now, If that's a if you have a business question, I immediately will answer those through the business questions because obviously, you know, I, I need to keep stuff going. If I want to make content, this is content. This is 50. I need 50 of these things. So, uh, I have good amount. I think I have 10 or 15 now, something like that. So, I mean, we're good, but, uh, cause obviously, you know, the max I can put out is one a week. So we're good for a couple months, but of course it'd be nice to do that, to, to, to get it all figured out. Okay. Uh, hold on there was a sign on i loved it where was it my knees hurt i don't even know what he's gonna say i just wanted to say my knees hurt my knees hurt (laughs) pb bandit 75 i have one i hate and hate. i uh, hate it okay i'm sure he was talking to somebody else i just wanted to say my knees hurt because it's kind of funny okay um let me go back over to my other screen this (laughs) it's almost 600 of us. That's why I noticed it's like all of a sudden it started moving a little faster. Okay. Um, we have the next is from, uh, Shawnee is a Cubs fan. Hey, Shawnee, how's it going? Uh, hi, Phil. Have you ever played a made in Japan Fender, uh, uh, Stratocaster? I have many times, uh, probably in the last 30 days. I think I picked one up in a store one or two. How do they compare to the American guitars? Uh, cheers from Chicago. You know, it depends. Like some people say, Oh, they're far superior to the American Fenders. Um, you know i don't know if i could say the build quality is superior i know that's what kind of a lot of people will say what i will tell you is that that a lot of times um uh, the necks are thinner. They're like a thinner neck, faster neck. Sometimes the term faster is used, where the idea is maybe it's even not even thinner. Sometimes it's just sh- carved in a much more comfortable shreddy way. In other words, the way the neck carves changes the way your hand wants to play. So sometimes, if a neck's not only thinner but carved in a certain way, you want to shred scales versus do chords. Um, and the Fenders, uh, the the Japanese ones, just have those kind of cooler, smaller necks. Generally speaking, so I'm sure somebody will go, Hey, I have a Fender made in Japan, and the next chunky, yeah, of course, there's all variations, but generally speaking, the ones I picked up the next are a little faster, a little smoother. Um, quality guitars, plus, they're they're they were really known for being good. This is where it gets tricky. This is why I said sometimes you have to watch, you know, just taking something that was relevant 10 years ago and spewing it out now, and it, it, it's it, it's are spewing it out now. Um, they were great. Ten years ago, because they were cheap, you could get a made in Japan Fender, which was uh, a, a lot of musicians, a lot of guitar players believed to be equal to in quality the American one, and you'd pick it up for half the price. They're 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 going up there in price now. I mean, they don't seem super expensive. I think I saw one recently, like I said, within the last couple of weeks, and I think it was like six seven hundred bucks. But um, a used American Strat was like eight nine hundred dollars maybe. So again, not a huge uh, savings, but very cool guitars. Definitely won't I, I definitely won't have any problems with them. So the only thing also weird about some of the 80s era or late 80s Japanese uh, Stratocasters, a lot of them you have to be prepared for the fact they have a lot of weird stuff on them, like maybe a weird locking mechanism or a strange bridge. That stuff actually is cool because it's different. But you also if you're looking for a traditional, more traditional guitar, um, some of them are like that. Uh, Wolverine. Hey, Wolverine. Wolverine is a patron, and uh, so I'm just pointing out, thanks, Wolverine, for supporting both here and on Patreon. Uh, it says, my wife got me a Gibson LPDCP 90, $5.99 uh, sale at Guitar Center. Uh, love it, but notes on the low fret G-string are too sharp. Uh, thought though intonated at the 12th fret. So, okay. So, what that could be so you know what that could be. There's a couple things uh, that could cause that. It could be the actual height of the string. You know what I mean? If you, I would have to know the measurements. So, for instance. Um, there could be a couple things. One, you could have the string height just a little too high. So uh, by the time you push it down and push it down on the fret, you're now going to push that a little sharp. That happens. The other thing is sometimes not every guitar is made for every player. Sometimes maybe the way you squeeze, maybe you squeeze really hard and that neck and the way that lines up, that's just, you know, you're, you're, you're pushing it sharp. So a couple suggestions for you is check the action, make sure the action is not too high. Generally, A low action won't cause you to go sharp, but the high actions will. And also the other thing is you might have, especially on the G string, you might be using two light of gauge of strings. Um, And you said uh, your wife got you a a Les Paul DC and P90. What I don't know is is it's a 599. Um, uh, So I'm assuming it's a new one. And uh, I can tell you, I didn't mention it. And I created a new... um, Oh, we'll talk about this. I used to have my list, right? My list. I have something cool I'm very excited about that I came up with, and it's based on the, on your guys' feedback. Again, I, I really pride myself on trying to listen to everything you guys are saying and uh, try to glean something that improves what we do here. And uh, one of the things that I was interesting about that uh, thin uh, Les Paul light that I got was it had 9 to 46 hybrids, which I didn't mention in the video. And I I, I later, I, you know, it's one of those things like when you're editing and done and you go, Why didn't I mention that? And uh, sometimes you miss a detail. You know what I mean? Even though you knew it, I knew it going in. I just, you know, when you're talking, I'm not reading a script and I don't want a script because I like to free form this one because it's funner for me. And two, because a script is, I'm not a good actor and you have to be a little bit of an actor to read a script. I don't, you know what I mean? You have to be able to, Present in a way that doesn't seem like I'm it is a good guitar and I think you should get one, too (laughs) So, uh, you know, what I mean you have to be a little freeform on that so what I did is I created a a new list and the list is these are things that I'll have to address in every guitar review from now on and uh, So I'm gonna read the list. Um, I and this is um, I'm just curious. Maybe you guys are interested. So my new list so it's a 10 list, uh, you know, as uh, George Carlin is, I know I'm a George Carlin fan. George Carlin said, it's called the 10 commandments. So it sounds official. So no, no offense to anyone, uh, just other than just in entertaining his joke. I liked it. Uh, I love that he said 10 just sounds official. Sounds like, sounds like it means something cause it's official. So a 10, I have 10. These are 10 questions that from now on when I do a guitar review, pretty much all reviews but a guitar review that I will be answering in the video. Well, where is it made? Uh, What does it sell for? Uh, Who would be the right player, type of player for this guitar? So is it, you know, do I feel it's a blues or these are just opinions, right? Of course, you know, these aren't facts. Uh, Is the guitar for beginners, intermediate or pro level players? In other words, what is it geared towards? Uh, Gear towards, uh, gear towards. Uh, What does the neck feel like? So in other words, I'll I'll make sure to describe that more. I I do that. All these things are things I've done in videos, but I'm going to start making sure that it's like a checklist as I'm communicating, I'll make sure not to read a script, but I'll make sure to address these questions. And if I'm editing, I'll know, Oh, I never answered that one of this 10 and I'll make sure that's in there. Um, the next question is, what are the materials used on the neck, the fretboard, the body, the bridge, the pickups, and the nut, and the electronics? Uh, what do I feel the best feature of this guitar is? What should your expectation be? And there's and, and here's the guidelines. Your expectation should be this guitar is perfect, it may need some love, or it's great for modifications. That's a great way to say uh, it's a cheap guitar, right? <laughs> like a Glary guitar. It would get a rating of great for modifications. <laughs> right because it's a okay the next one is uh learning curve uh, Is is easy moderate difficult or very difficult this is great because i'll probably using this obviously when i'm talking about amps and pedals as well and stuff but that you know like I said obviously i don't think most guitars will be hard to figure out i don't mean play but figure out and the last was and the last question is what comes with it so if it comes with a gig bag a case or you know what tools i'll make sure to always highlight the stuff that came with it and the other reason is because is as much as i say, think we like unboxings and don't like unboxings i don't enjoy unboxings it seems like a weird thing, just open this box. I, I think it's, I don't know if it's the box part. I've been experimenting, if you noticed in the last few videos, where I just rush the unboxing part and get right to the stuff, but I go through the stuff that was in the box. I think that's what people care about, right? We don't care about the box. We care about what was in the box. What comes with this product? So those are some stuff. Um, so um, So in that case, Wolverine, and hopefully I'll, I'll be able in those questions to answer questions like this so this doesn't happen. So I would check to also make sure, because if it's 9 to 46, that G-string is actually a lighter string. String than the 10 gauge set. All right. So um, it should be what, nine, 11, what is it, 15 or 16? Somebody, somebody t- you know, uh, I'm not looking at a pack now and I got to do off memory. Um, but then the, th- the third set, the, the second set would be probably like 24, 36, and 46 or something like that. So um, that could be your problem is your string is too light. You mean to switch over to tens, man. That could be as easy as that. So I don't know why, but I noticed that Gibson's doing that more and more, the hybrid set. So, uh, I hope that helps. So, okay. Um, let me try to do, cause a lot of you guys are doing questions out here that are non-super chats. Let me get the, the non-super chat questions. <laughs> Sunday matinee wants me to put also ask, does it gent see that's, but that's Jared's thing, but yes, I understand. Um, dirt racer X says love George Carlin. I love George Carlin. Um, you know, um, Uh, I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan. So, you know, George Carlin, I'm such a huge George Carlin fan that when I joined the army, this is a, uh, this is absolutely true, obviously, but it's just, it it sounds like a strange story, but I love George Carlin so much that, um, when my mother asked me what I wanted when I joined the army, you know, you're, my mom had that like moment where she's like, "Oh, you're going to go to boot camp, you know? You know, like, would you want a cake? What do you want?" And I could have. She and and my mom was, you know, obviously an amazing woman, and she was like, "Anything you want." And I said. Uh, I want to see George Carlin, and so she took me, and it just worked out this way the night before I went to basic training. I got to go see George Carlin. She took me, her and her friend took me to see George Carlin and go have dinner, and I had, uh, I remember what I had. I had oysters, Rockefeller, Fella, and Chicken Sonoma. I don't know what Chicken Sonoma is, but I had, I, you just remember something. I don't know what it is. You remember that before you get up in the morning and get on a plane, scared to death to go to basic training, but anyways, that's what happened. So George Carlin, not only is special to me because he was an amazing comedian and stuff, but that's just like my, my memory of uh, and I know this is gonna sound weird guys and it's the memory of when my youth ends Does that make sense? Like I think everybody like remembers like the end of your youth uh, I'm not saying I was a, a man because I went to basic training. I just feel like When you go to basic training, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna be the same dude. I was yesterday <laughs> And uh, so it just connected so that's my that's my story. I thought I'd share my George Carlin story um And it says Rockefeller. Yeah. Is it? What did I say? Oysters Rockefeller, right? That's what it is. Um, so the restaurant is called buddies down in Tucson. I think they went out of business. I don't know. They might still have one left. Great place. If you're in Tucson. So, (laughs) so, okay. I'm just reading some of the comments. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, And then on the road says, are you sure you went to watch George Carlin? I am very positive of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was in. Uh, so think of this. That was 95. So it was October of 95. I'm sure if you could look at his tour dates, you'll see he was in Tucson, October of 95, because that's when I saw him. So, um, I also remember, uh, because when I asked my recruiter, I'm just going to share this with you. Maybe you guys will find this funny. Cause you got a lot of, you know, I live in Arizona when I, when I joined the army, I asked the recruiter, what should I take to basic training? And he said, and I quote, you could bring nothing but the shirt on your back and you'd be fine. I literally took that to heart and I left with. Uh, literally the clothes on my back. So I went to basic training with a pair of shorts, tennis shoes, and a t-shirt. And what I didn't know is that when I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky in October, that they weren't going to issue me clothes and uniforms for about a week and a half to two weeks. So I was in in processing for a week freezing. This is a true story. And, (laughs) and I was standing in formation one morning, you know, at five in the morning, waiting for chow hall, freezing to death. Uh, because of course, you know, I was a kid from Tucson and, um, and no pants. Like I said, somebody said shirt, no pants, just literally shorts. I was freezing. I'll never forget this. And the drill sergeant walked up to me and goes, what is wrong with you? Cause I was shivering. I was chattering. My teeth were chattering. And he goes, what is wrong with you? And I said, I'm from Tucson. And he said, carry on. And he walked away. <laughs> I'm sure even then, even he was thinking this dumb, dumb kid. So dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we will go back to guitar stuff. All right, uh, so we have Grumpy Mike. Hey, Grumpy Mike, it's good to see you this week. Grumpy Mike's also a patron. Thank you again, supporting me both uh, both sides of the of the fence, so to speak. Uh, it's looking like the new Epiphones have some fret issues. Are you hearing anything about this? Um, no, Mike. You know what? Again, I don't have to. I'd have to know what fret issues are, but I don't consider fret sprout to be fret issues. And the reason is is because. Um, I have said this before. Um, if you notice, like whenever I've critiqued a guitar, even if I've, uh, you know, said I I was upset or I didn't like a guitar, I didn't like something about it. It's not the fret sprout because fret sprout is, I feel is a harder thing to control. You know what I mean? So again, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I don't know if the issue is fret sprout, but fret sprout and fret sprout again is where the neck shrinks and the frets stick out. Um, because in a world where they're making, I feel, and I think a lot of you feel this way, they're making way too many guitars. Everybody, not just Epiphone, everybody making way too many guitars. Um, So because we're waking me too many guitars, we're making them so fast that there's going to be issues Um, But I haven't heard anything. I like to get my hands on some epiphones. I really do I know you guys want to I know that's uh, it's coming. You know, what I mean, um as you guys know, I've, I've, I've worked with, or I've talked to now some retailers and the retailers are willing to work with me. And, uh, that's great. We're getting a lot of stuff done. In fact, I have a video probably, uh, hopefully will be done this week coming. That's going to be involved with a retailer. That's a cool product that you guys have specifically been asking for. Uh, and you'll see when you see it, you'll know you're like, Oh yes, finally. Like it will be like two years. You guys have been asking for this. Um, and it's not a guitar. It's actually something cooler. And so, I know I haven't heard anything, but Grump, uh, Grumpy Mike, I'd like to check him out. I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of stoked about that. Um, uh, is Shinnery, you kid? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> is Shinery you kid? Uh, then I'm probably saying wrong. Uh, I like the BB1 and the BB2 and my Les Paul Trad. So the traditional, Les Paul traditional. Uh, but I'm looking for something... That is PAF inspired with more bite for rock punk. Any suggestions? I'm 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 probably the wrong guy to ask on this for the Gibson stuff. I really like the '57 classics in my Les Pauls. Um, the uh, as you guys know, my SG has the '61s, and I think uh, that's what they're putting in some of the newer Les Pauls, like the classic this year and stuff, and last year. Uh, but they're okay. But I like the '57s. When when me and Ralph did a review, I'll put a link to that. Uh, when when I got him an SG, and then I had I had already got myself sg his had the 57s minus 61s i thought his everybody says in the comments his sounded better his did sound better the 57s i I almost thought about just putting 57s in my sg i like the 61 don't get me wrong but i like the 57s uh i don't know what it is and it's usually though with companies i like more of a 59 type pickup than a 57 but with gibson i just really like the 57s um so uh so to your burst bucker one and burst bucker twos i would uh i'd go 57s and i like burst buckers i just don't like burst bucker pros and when i say don't like them i don't prefer them i shouldn't say like or dislike because it's just preference because to be honest with you i'm pretty sure if i look around somewhere i have that pickup in something and i am using it but it's not my preferred pickup in most uh situations so okay what else do we got uh, Lawrence Petros says 57 classics are awesome pickups. I have a set in my SG. MLS Paul. Is so good. I agree. I, 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 think it's a, it's, it's one of my favorite uh, pickups. I think I've said this before. I will eventually do it. Uh, I will. I will eventually do this. I have been swearing uh to to my friends mostly but i know i let it slip at least one of these live shows where i said i really want to put a set of gibson 57 pickups in a prs because a lot of times when people the people that don't like the prs's guitars the way they sound they always say oh it sounds lifeless or this or whatever they say and i think to myself i wonder if it's the pickups because i i really feel connected to the gibson 57 pickups um so i'm curious if i put a set of them in my prs if they if they make it sound different you know, and Todd Flowers didn't agree with me. Again, different strokes, different folks. Uh, Todd likes 57s like me. So does Lawrence. But some of you guys are not going to like them as much. And I don't like them all the time and everything. So, but I would say if, uh, you know, you're looking for that more classic PAF uh, tone in a Gibson, that's a great pickup and very consistent. That's another thing too. Some pickups I'm, I'm nervous to suggest to you guys because they're not very consistent. You know what I mean? Um I've had this issue with every, with uh, every, I won't say every brand, but basically every brand where for some reason you can get the same type of pickup uh, from the brand, but they, there's just, their specs are too, you know, too, too general, I guess. You know what I mean? Maybe because it's a harder pickup to make and just there's variances in it. Um, V- Vish A says P.R.S. is not lifeless. I, again, I I I know you understand. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story about that. Um, <laughs> I was once in a meeting when I was a dealer. I was a I was a Paul Raymond dealer. When I was once in in Paul's, uh, I was in his office. I was in the room that's like adjacent to his office with a bunch of dealers. And for you know for the because because a, uh a, 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 you know. No, no, you know, not kiss and tell. I'm not going to kiss and tell. So I'm not going to say what dealer said it, but it was a large dealer. And I remember the shock when he said, um, my customers say that a PRS has no soul. And I remember like I was in the room. We all went, (laughs) and, and, uh, and, uh, it was, uh, it was fun. And, you know, of course they handled it well, the PRS guys, and they, you know, they, they, um, so somebody said you were a drug dealer i was i was a prs dealer uh so anyways uh my point is that's that is a common um pushback to prs guitars you know what i mean hey it's a pu- it's a common pushback to Ibanez guitars it's just it is again i uh i think it's funny and I, anytime i critique a gibson uh positive or negative i always think it's funny how people react like when i'll say something positive they go but you said something negative how could you say something positive i'm like because that's because there's things I love about Gibson, things I hate. There's things I like about PRS. There's things I hate. There's just, that's just three out of it. I do not want to say hate, but you get the idea. There's things I like and dislike. I haven't found a perfect guitar. I, I think the idea is almost silly, but, uh, see on the road says, uh, Ivan Ibanez, no soul. Yeah, it could be, you know what my joke is about the no soul. So if you guys have one of those guitars and people give you that crap, let me tell you how to, how, how I respond to that. When people say that to me, just so it's funny when they'll say, pick, pick your guitar. I'll pick a, I don't know. Let's see. I'll pick a guitar in the room. Uh, uh, you know what? I like my halo. My halo is over there. Somebody says, Oh, your halo, your halo has no soul. I say, well, you know, uh, it's not supposed to have a soul. It's an inanimate object. Um, and then my joke is if it had a soul, it was probably when it was a tree and we killed it. <laughs> so that's my point is the player has the soul is my, my point, but I get what people mean. People mean that, you know, the guitar, it's not connecting with them. I just think it's a harsh thing to say. Cause it, it does kind of insult the player a little bit when you say, oh, it doesn't have a soul. Um, so Joe Satriani, hold my beer. Yes. Well, you see, and that's, and that's, oh, not that I want to start this argument, but it's a perfect example. I just had this happen to me. Uh, in fact, if Nathan's watching, he was with me, a friend of ours, and we were all talking in a public place with a bunch of people, and uh, somebody mentioned Joe Satriani, and I'm like, I, and as soon as I was spitting out, I love Joe uh, my my friend goes, oh, I hate that guy. The guy's got no soul. <laughs> no play no soul in his playing and i'm and then and then we were like no he's uh, totally but again it's in the it's in everybody's perspective it's just funny when they say that um so there you go for the rest so so i'm sure some of you guys got triggered but please please you know calm down sip some water you'll be fine okay uh all right what else do we got um where are we doing on time we're doing good of course, uh, uh, we got to end almost on time today because it's Valentine's Day. So, and uh, my wife has set up a, a, a surf and turf uh, thing. Uh, we have friends coming over. Her family's coming over. We're, it's weird. We're having like a giant potluck thing for Valentine's Day. So, uh, going to have crab and steaks and stuff. And that's like a big deal. Big deal for the weekend. Very excited about that. Your rack, uh, is. My, Matt says my rack looks like Hollywood squares. Sure. I dig that. So you could they see all these famous amps and the fam- like famous people. Hydrate people. There you go. Perfect example. Okay. Um. <laughs> Poo Ninja. I'll take the fender deluxe. I'll take the fender deluxe for the block. <laughs> That's great. Oh, see, like I said, I love it. I love it. You know, the um, one thing that's uh, funny that I'm trying to do this year uh, because I have feedback. Uh, Last year, I was so public. In other words, I was out in the public so much through these uh, YouTuber events, uh, through the AMP group, uh, you know, where we did the AMP. Oh, oh, by the way, Mojo Tone's doing that AMP thing. I'll put a link to that on March 28th, uh, 20. i'll put the dates it's next month in march and if you're interested in signing up for that in phoenix uh there's still slots open so please check that class out but it, not only that but there's going to be a meetup at seven o'clock after the class at the uh, bar down the street which i'll announce next week i'll prom i was going to say it this week but the problem i have is i got to google again and find the name of that stupid bar <laughs> it's a bar restaurant it's a really nice kind of upscale bar restaurant right down the street but uh what was i saying uh what i was saying was um Oh, so I was. Inter- I've been interacting with people so much. Um, one of the things that I got as feedback from you guys personally, um, from not only viewers but other YouTubers, was uh, that you guys like the channel, but when you meet me. There's a sarcastic, I have a sarcastic tone. I have i I'm sorry, I'm very sarcastic. And I like to bust chops a lot, by the way. Um, I usually, that's why Ralph usually busts my chops. I bust his chops. Um, That's what we call it when we kind of like, you know, razz each other. I don't know what you guys call this stuff, but we call it, you know, busting someone's chops is when you basically. And so um, what I was basically saying is I like when people bust my chops because I like to do it back. (laughs) I like to do it first, actually. So I'm trying to put more of that in the videos, that more of that tone. I I wasn't necessarily not doing it for any other reason. I just didn't know it landed um, sometimes. But sometimes, you guys, uh, so you know, sometimes I make comments in the videos and you guys are like, oh, I can tell you didn't like that. But you don't realize there's a little bit of my sarcasm that because you guys don't know I'm that way. I am very sarcastic all the time. Like I said, uh, people who know me will not only back that up, but some of them will, will tell you that I really need to knock it off. Um so let's see what else? Shenanigans and we do shenanigans too. Um okay, what else? Hold on, I'm just looking for questions. Any questions or comments? Anything interesting going on this week? <laughs> Yash1331 says we need a sarcasm tone pedal. That'd be good. Lawrence says he's fluent sarcasm. Uh, Of course, right? It's just a... Oh, great question. Wes Wes McClanahan. so I'm going to say Wes McClanahan says are distortion or overdrive paddles um... Wait, I'm sorry, Wes. It just jumped, but let, hold on. I'm going to grab it. And if I can't find it, I remember what it said. There it is. Our distortion or, or overdrive pedals into a Boss Katana a waste of money? Great question. I actually had that idea to the point where um, I have a Katana. It's behind me. It's just up on the top tier rack. And um, I, I had this experience recently where I, I just bought one from a guitar center. And then I was running pedals through it. And in my opinion the pedal sounded so much better than the amp sounded by itself. I mean, it was massively different. And, uh, I got this great idea for a video series and I did a couple to test them out and I shared them with patrons. The patrons saw them and they were horrible. Um, I don't know if the patrons didn't like them or like them. I didn't really, didn't ask (laughs) just posted them and said what do you got you know i didn't ask what they think i just posted them and i just didn't like them but uh but i i like the in content which is uh so i want to review the new uh, katana and so you know you can see it it's up there katana there you go top rack uh katana mark 2 whatever i have one 50 watt uh i will review it soon in fact it's on my oh i can't see it but I, it's on my board i have a i have a calendar board anyways my point is not only where i review it i'm going to show you exactly what I'm, I'm talking about is i really feel like if you put a good pedal through that amp it's massively better massively in my opinion uh and i think it's just uh, really cool and if you want to know what pedals i was running through it i was i was trying everything my wind motor city drive sounded good my wind beod sounded really good Uh, my Zen drive sounded really good. My LPD, uh, 68 sounded good and the 87. So, um, let's see. Uh, Yash 1331 has got another great question. It says, can you please suggest a good semi hollow or hollow guitar under $720? You know, that in itself is not only a great question, Yash, but it might be a great question, um, for, uh, videos in general. Maybe, maybe that's something we should think about. Um, this is one of the things I'm noticing. I think I talked about this two shows ago where I said a lot of the companies are sending me a lot of high end guitars right now, which is very cool. Cause it's like, like I said, I, I attribute it to, or liken it to like being a car review channel and Lamborghini and Mercedes are sending me cars to review. And this is cool. Cause I get to check out these cars. Although deep down, we're really buying Toyota for, for, uh, and you know what I mean? And, and, and Camrys and stuff. So, um, so maybe that's not only a great idea for a semi-holler, but maybe I should be doing videos and series of guitars, like guitars under five hundred dollars, guitars under one thousand dollars, guitars under fifteen hundred dollars, guitars. You know what I mean? Uh, and try to do it by category and then do a bunch of them. So like the Epiphone's will all be that way, the hollow bodies. Um, so. And normally, I would suggest... This is how nervous I get. Normally, for hollow bodies under 720, I would suggest the Epiphone's and Ibanez's. Uh, I used to suggest the Washburn's. I don't think they make them anymore. Sometimes you can find those Use are really good, but Epiphone's and Ibanez's are great, in my opinion, for under 720. However, as you hear, somebody's saying that the, a lot of the Epiphone's are not good right now. Um, but... I'd have to put my hands on them, but yeah, those are the ones I would usually suggest. Also, under 720, good hollow bodies. Oh, the Gretsch ones are pretty good, especially the main Korea ones. Now, generally, they're going to be more than 720, but you can find them for 720. Greg Peterson, am I the only one that doesn't notice much difference in pickups? Greg, what's funny is, and I want to be careful how I say this, because... um, because I don't want to give away the, the the milk before the cow. You know what I mean? Whatever the saying is, right? Don't give the milk away, right? Don't buy the cow if the milk's free. Is that the saying? Anyways, uh, what's funny is I re- I remember that dumb saying from a Laverne and Shirley rerun when I was like 12. So uh, anyways, my point is, uh, I want to tell you this, but I want to be careful how I say it. Um, I sometimes would agree with you that it's, the, it's hard to notice a difference in pickups. However, I just had... I would, I would definitely say a life changing event just recently. I mean, w- within the last week. Um, so as you guys know, I'm doing these pickup videos and, uh, what I will tell you is that in my l- life of, you know, working on guitars or building bases or selling the guitars out of the shop or, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, consulting for companies and now doing YouTube, whatever I've, I've, I've done, I've but I've always interacted with gear every day. For the last uh, 16, 17 years, maybe 17 years. Anyways, my point is, I could only name maybe one or two instances where I was like, whoa, my whole perspective of things changed. Um, and recently, I just had one of those. And it was with this new guitar that lets me change the P90s, the the, the single coils and stuff. It's that crazy how in and it happened within seconds of interacting with this um so i'm hoping that i'll be able to share that with you guys um and i of course i will be sharing with you guys but i hope that it carries over what i'm saying um because changing yes sometimes i, I think what i'm learning is is that some pickups are actually so close to each other that's why you don't hear a difference because i'm thinking that although we talk about the subtleties of pickups there's 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 subtleties, but then there's some dramatic differences. So it's, it's all going to be put in perspective, and I'm really working on this. Sean Pierce Johnson's in the house, everybody. If you guys don't know his channel, I'll put a link to him. Uh, I've highlighted his channel before. Great channel. Um, and uh, he says, people are asking about the new Kiesel-Gibson drama. Oh, my goodness. What is the new Kies- Gibson, Kiesel-Gibson drama? You know what's funny is, is I, I, I dare say I don't want to talk about it, but really what it is, is... Um, I'm sure, I don't know. I don't want to put I don't I don't know. So I'm curious, uh do does anyone know what it is and if it's relevant to anything that's, you know, gear related? Like I don't care if they're mad at each other for silly things. Um So uh Superjet 113 says, "Hey Sean, I'm a sub- subscriber, great nam coverage." I thought he did great nam coverage too. They um especially since Sean, Sean Pierce Johnson, he was like, he, he made an announcement. He's like, I'm just going to enjoy the name show and not do anything. And I go, oh, okay. And then I started getting his feed and I'm like, oh, he's doing stuff. So, um, so very cool. Um, so let's see what else. Okay. All right, we don't want to start rumors. I've already been down this road before on this show, but I want to read this, so let me read it. Uh, Whenever you guys are talking about rumor stuff, let me read this first. Okay, so I want to preface this with... uh, uh, Sean's also confirming it again. I, uh, you know, uh, I, I did one of these readout ones too. And, and I got publicly attacked by the people at Gibson. Um, and I wasn't, you know, so I, I and all I was doing was what I'm doing now, so I'm a little gun shy, but I'm gonna read it. It's uh James Taylor. And then Sean Pierce is also saying too, I'm getting, I'm just reading this Jeff Kiesel posted on Instagram that Gibson has sent him a cease and desist order for their V designed by his father in the 1980s. Any thoughts, um, so again, I'm going to first state that this is at this point, it's just a rumor. something to talk about. This is a gear channel. We do want to talk about guitars. This is relevant to guitars. And, and uh, uh, here, so what are my thoughts? Well, um, my, uh, as you guys know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with the people at Framus Warwick and uh, Hans Peter Wolfner who owns uh, Framus Warwick won the lawsuit against Gibson this, well, that last year, last year for the V and for the, um, The other one, (laughs) the Explorer. So he won two cases against uh, Gibson last year, but only in Europe. So the reason I'm telling you that is that uh, there would that that knowing that for sure, that is for sure that Gibson did sue uh, Hans and he did uh, uh, fight them and he won. And it was for the V and for the Explorer. So I am not. I would not be shocked that they would be also addressing that with other people or fighting it in the U.S. court system as well. Since they were actively doing it in the European system, I would imagine that the U.S. Uh, US courts would be more important to them. U.S. Uh, uh, trademark would be more important. Um, so um, silly... You know what I mean? Uh, it's silly. I, again, and when I say silly, I, I again, this is my belief system. So I'm just going to tell you how I feel about body shapes. Um, at this point, I, I feel like, you know, after reflecting for many years, what I've really decided is, is that at some point, um, Fender and Gibson failed themselves to stop everyone from copying their instruments. That is how I feel. And the reason I feel that way is because since I... The day I went into the, the very first day I went into a music store as a little child, there was already fake Gibsons and Fenders everywhere. They were everywhere. Uh, and I don't mean fake like Chipsons. I mean fake like there was, you know, Jackson V's and there was Ibanez RG's. There was stuff that looked like Fender and Gibson forever and ever and ever. And then I've been playing guitar now for decades decades and now all of a sudden now it's being addressed and i understand it was probably addressed here and there throughout the, the the years but uh so you guys know uh in the uh 90s uh fender sued um uh warmoth and sadowski and i think some other companies and they lost that lawsuit and that lawsuit deemed that the fender body shapes the telly and the strat are now considered generic and uh, anybody can make that shape uh that they fender can own it it's generic they let it be produced so much and that's the important part of this and the reason I tell you this whole story is because this is what I say when I'm driving down the road and I think about this every day when I'm driving down the road I I think about this the this the legality of of the design I I look at every truck and I can't tell what it is I can't tell a Dodge from a Ford or a Toyota now full-size truck when I'm driving down the road the new ones until I see the logos so the point is, could you imagine if Ford and Chevy were just to start suing every car manufacturer, what well, would be Toyota, Honda, uh, and Nissan, and Dodge, for, for copying the pickup trucks? You know what I mean? And it would just be a disaster. So at this point, the uh, the public in the truck domain, I'm using trucks because it makes sense. In the world of trucks, the public has decided that that's how a truck is. It's a it's an engine, a cab, and a, and a bed. That's what a truck looks like, unless, of course, you're... Uh, Tesla, and then a truck looks like a spaceship. But to everyone else, this is what a truck looks like. So what I'm saying is, is I because I really believe trademarks should be enforced. In other words, I think nobody. Although that's kind of funny, <laughs> uh, but I, I think uh, I think that obviously Gibson's trademark and their headstock are the intellectual property. I think Fender's headstock and their name intellectual property. I think that as long as you're not confusing the consumer. Uh, you're not infringing on that in other words I think if somebody walks in a store and they clearly know they're buying a Jackson V and not a Gibson V I don't know what the the crime or the 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 um uh, morality issue of that would be also the reason I say that too And again, everybody's gonna have different opinions And if you have different opinions put them in the comments down below, but do it like i'm doing respectfully uh, Again, i'm not calling anyone that doesn't think like me an idiot So uh, treat each other kindly is what i'm trying to say So it's, uh, it's the only way you're going to change anybody's mind anyways Uh, so and if that's your goal My goal is usually to either change my own mind or change somebody else's mind so that we can all get along But my point to this is is uh is that when it comes to these guitars and how this functions, this is there's an a point, important point that we don't want to lose, which is we want things to improve. And sometimes the best way to improve them is, hey, look, I can't copy this get, this product, but I can make that a product like it better. And that sometimes is better. Sometimes better. So to a- answer what's going on, very long-winded now about the Kiesel Gibson thing, uh, it sucks to hear that because, well, first of all, at this point, who cares? You know what I mean? Kiesel, uh, I don't, does even Kiesel even offer a V now? To, right? There or some version of it. I don't know what's going on uh, out there. Um, but, um, you know, uh, but I'll tell you this. Like I said before, I hope I'm right again because I've been right so far. I'm sure Gibson will lose. It just sucks because remember when I, the Dean thing came up, I said um, that it doesn't matter if they lose or not. The just getting sued and having to pay the cost and go through the hell is too much so there you there you go that's my thoughts on that subject um and it's really sad you know what's sad here's about that too on a side note is i don't know if you guys saw but gibson did a public apology and it was up on guitar world and then it was gone like after a day or two in fact i wanted to share with people and it was already gone and it was basically them saying that you know they shouldn't have done the mark ignisi uh play authentic video and they said they inherited the lawsuits in other words, that they had to do the lawsuits with companies because they, when they bought the new com, our Gibson, the new company bought Gibson, they inherited all those lawsuits that were already in, 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 and and um, and I, I don't know if that's true. Although I've heard things from some of the people that were being sued that that's contrary to what was seemed to be going on. But again, uh, I can't you know I can't officially tell you an answer because I don't know. I'm not part of that. But it just seems like this doesn't sound like they inherited a lawsuit from Kiesel. It looks like they're up to something. So. Sad. I hope it's sad. My heart goes out to Kiesel. I like them actually, as you know. And I like Gibson. Think about this: in the last month, I've gotten a Kiesel. Oh, well, in the last two months, I've gotten a Kiesel and a Gibson, and uh, I like them both. So, um, yeah. B. B-B Mad says inherited lawsuits? Question mark. I. You know what? I'm glad you put that because uh, I'll tell you when I read that, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, and and uh, and so you know, when I talked to Hans Peter last year, and I think in February uh, that last year, uh, he was stressed about his lawsuit with Gibson. And I asked him, I said, well, have you talked to the new company? And he said, I talked to him in January. And, um, again, I feel okay sharing the story. Um, and he, I said, oh, did you talk? So you talked to the new CEO and he goes, I did. And he said, what, and I said, what did he say? And he said, he'll look into it. And then he said a month later, he got the, they're still going to do the lawsuit. And so nothing changed for them. So again, I don't know if, you know, anything ever happened. I don't, I don't know how deliberate all that was, but I'm just telling you. All right, uh, let's see, what else do we got? <laughs> now that the road, now we went down that road, let's try to end on a positive note. It's Valentine's Day and it's a guitar channel and we wanna talk positive. So let's try to end this in the next five minutes with something cool. Um, you know, Hey, here's a thought. Uh, you, everybody should go and buy a Kiesel for Valentine's Hey, they're having a Presidents' day sale, I saw that. I am not sponsored, endorsed by Gibson or Kiesel or anyone, anything, any company has done for me, I've pro- they, they've all done for me or any company has not done for me. They pretty much all have not done for me. So the reason I say that is, uh, you know, I, 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 obviously love my new Gibson that, that light and I recommend it highly, but also there's sales on Kiesel and maybe, maybe you could just, if you want, if you like Kiesel, it's a good time to support them. You get a deal. I think it's like, uh, I have to look. I thought it said something like free upgrade and stuff. I know because I was planning on, like, maybe this weekend I need to be looking at another Kiesel. So. So. All right. Uh. Yeah, and Beast Rich uh, 581, as always, good to see you, Beast 581, says this is not inherited, apparently. This sounds like a new lawsuit. That's my point, too, as well, is that it's funny that that article comes out and says that they didn't really mean to sue people. They inherited this, and now they're actively up to uh, up to stuff. And, and 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 so you know, here's what I really hate. Uh, it's a conflict. And again, I know I said I was going to end on this, but I just want to say this. This is a conflict where I am at. I really, w- I really think a company is due their... I think everybody's due their dues. In other words, if you work hard, you should reap the rewards, not somebody else. So I understand that Gibson you know, has these products and they should reap the rewards. And I'm some conflicted. I believe that. But I also don't like watching stuff like this, where obviously there's a million companies copying the There's Obviously, the V's have been substantiated out there. There's all this stuff. And I'm not a legal expert. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm just telling you my emotional feeling. But I want to tell you, though, is that Framus, Warwick, and Kiesel, what they have in common Uh, and even Dean, but not so much Dean to these guys. These guys are insanely small compared to Gibson. So uh, it's prospectively wise, right? I mean, Gibson at one point was claiming they were doing a billion a year, right? I don't feel comfortable telling you the number, but you know, Jeff Kiesel told me their number that they do yearly. And I don't feel comfortable telling you what that, but I want to tell you is that same with Hans Peter Wolfner and those guys, uh, I mean, it's probably not much. They probably don't make much more than the advertising budget of Gibson. You know what I mean? Think about that. Put that in perspective to see that. And so I I don't know. You get the idea. All right. Uh, We're going to do something. Hey, here's good. Here. We'll start with something positive and it's great. Uh, Dead shred. 999 says, how did you, how did the Kramers look at the AM show? They looked great. Um, You know, I'm very excited about the Kramers. Uh, The Kramers are one of those things where again, this is the positive thing about Gibson. I, I want Gibson to focus on guitars, make more Kramers, make better Epiphones, make more, uh, get better Gibsons. This is what I want. <laughs> I think we all want this. I, I think deep down a lot of us who like these com- Gibson want to give them money Kramer. I would love to get a cool Kramer. Right. Um, and, and, uh, that Dave, the snake Sabu one looked fantastic. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, they look great. Although I didn't get put my hands on them. Um, So, so you know. Uh, What else do we got? And then let's do a couple more, like, fun ones. Hold on a second. Um, Remember, do a question mark first. Oh, here's one. Uh, David Muniz says, hey, Phil, great to see you. Did you check out the new uh omnis series from fano i did it was all i was brief but i did fano is made here in arizona they're not far from my house they're probably 40 minutes because i'm i'm 40 minutes from like anything downtown phoenix or so you can get anywhere in this town about an hour so they're they can't be more than an hour for me at max and um that was the new import line so the omnis series is the new import line of fano and uh, i thought it was cool because uh not isn't like eastwood also doing some kind of licensed uh guitar that's like the license from the Fano, so it makes sense to do a Fano uh, import guitar. So uh, looked really cool. And then they s- mentioned again that they would like to have me come. They have a new facility and they said, maybe I can come out and check it out. I would love to do that um, if they're ever watching this. Or if any of you guys know them, just a good poke them at, poke at them, and let them know, hey, Phil's totally up for it. It's not, it's only an hour drive. I got my camera, and we can do a cool video. You guys can see Fanos. I would love to just review a Fano or two, and maybe the new Omnis import series of Fano guitars, and then maybe show you some stuff, how they make them, and maybe how they set up, and check out the import ones, and maybe see how how they how they keep the quality on the import ones really good. That'd be interesting stuff to see since it's right here. Um, like I said, they invited me at one point, but then I think it's because they moved or something happened. But again, I would real up for doing that for sure. Um, and then Sunday, Matinee he says, that he thinks I missed a super chat question. It is very, very possible. Let me, let me go look because uh, in fact, there's a couple and let me, let me hit these out real quick. Um, so Sarang uh, has another super chat question. His is, thanks for your, uh, your views, Phil. I also had another question. Assuming the nut is correctly cut, does a strat need, Two string trees. Um, well, the string trees have nothing to do with how well the nut is cut. The string trees have to do with how much downward force is being put down on the nut. And so, unfortunately, whether your nut is cut correctly or not, that doesn't really matter. the The, the question becomes. So the answer is with. Uh, Uh, staggered tuning keys that's how they're getting away from that now there's they say that if you have staggered tuning keys and 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 usually staggered tuning keys are three keys at one height and then the next three high keys the high strings treble strings are at a lower height and so with those you only need one string tree um and that's how i run my staggered guitars if you see my strats like my custom shop strat so you know has staggered uh tuning keys on it when the custom shop built it they didn't put a string tray on it i was I was actually not upset. I just wasn't happy about it. I told them, I said, hey, I want a string tree. And they go, you don't need it. And uh, after playing it, I kept pulling the stupid uh, B string out of the nut. And I'm like, yep, and I obviously need it. So I put a string tree on the guitar. So my, my opinion for strats and strat type guitars is if you have staggered tuning keys, uh, you don't need two string trees. You can get away with one um, So if you have the tall ones all the way across uh, I would go with two string trees and And the only exception I've seen to this is if you look at the Eric Johnson Strat I think he doesn't have a string tree. I can't remember but the Eric Johnson Strat not only does it have staggered keys They actually shave the headstock down and they, they sand it from the top So it's actually a, uh, has the string the tuning keys are lower In other words, you get the idea. There's more of a curve after the nut. So it's about downward for- force So um, and, and there's a great option. If you guys saw when I did a video, I did two videos for Stu Mac on their channel. And one of the things I showed was their uh, cool string tree that does three strings. That is cool. I'll put a link to that. You can get that on their side. If you're interested in that, I highly recommend that. I was really, really concerned about that. That's one of those things where I would be like, if I saw it, like when you see it, you're going to be like, I don't know if that's going to work. Cause that's, that's a lot of force pulling on it, but it worked great fantastic option it's a great way to take one string tree and give you that that what you really need which is three instead of the four so i'll put a link to that check that out um in fact i need to put that on one of my guitars okay so john gonzalez says i'm hanging i'm hanging my guitars now okay cool is there a particular hanger that won't cause neck rash thanks i trust string swing now what you're going to find with uh uh and this is why i trust string swing um One, it's the only, it's the only wall hanger I've ever used. (laughs) Okay. When I say ever, yeah. I mean, ever, I don't think I've ever used a string, uh, swings, uh, that I, uh, and my store was all string swings for years. And I've, I've said the story so many times. Uh, the first store I had was uh, 1,400 square feet. I ripped, when I moved to 3,200 square feet, I ripped them all out of the walls and put them in the new store that, and they, and still use them. And then, uh, I still, uh, I had them for years after that. So my point is they are great. Um, string swing. I've asked them about this. They will not state whether or not they're safe for lacquer guitars. Um, and, uh, and, uh, because of course they don't want the legal liability, even though, uh, we all seem to be okay with them. I've never had any issues with any lacquer burns. However, you can wrap cloth around them, uh, is, is, is if you're that worried about this, what causes lacquer burns is usually the rubber, uh, causes the, the, the finish to not, cause the lacquer breeze, I know it sounds weird. People talk about this. It's just what it is. Apparently if the oxygen can't move, it, it, it's, burns it gets hot and there's somebody out there is probably a lacquer expert can tell you more detail about that i, I generally just need to know the, what what it's doing which is if you suffocate the lacquer it's going to burn against the rubber so i trust the string swings that's what i trust um and when i say i trust it my expensive lacquer guitars are on my string swings so that's what i use um i don't have any special hangers for that the only thing i do is uh what i do and i've never had one burn what the only thing i do though is i don't keep them on there for a long period of time what i mean long period is like not more than a week or two at a time in other words i take them off and i play them you know what i mean make sure they get moved around but if you're really that worried you can wrap cloth around the, the hangers but i would recommend string swing some other recommendations out there so i'm sure some people have some great recommendations but i only use string swing once i found something worked I trusted it and I did it. So, you know, I've let my guitars hang and I waited for the burn and it never happened. But I've seen a ton of people wrap cloth around string swings because they say, you know, yeah, I can burn, but I haven't had it happen. Doesn't doesn't mean it won't happen. Doesn't mean you're not taking your your guitars in your own hands if you're gonna use them too. But I'm telling you I only thing I can tell you. I have had Gibson guitars with lacquer and other lacquer guitars on my string swing floor stand, my string swing side stands, my string swing wall hangers for Years, uh, not one. I don't have one guitar that has a burn in it anywhere. So that's what I recommend. They're made in the USA and they're a great company. And uh, literally, uh, you know, I have nothing but good things to say. Uh, they've gotten all my money over the years for hangers, and there's a reason why. So, '94 uh, Dodge Dude. <laughs> that's a good sign on '94 <laughs> Dodge Dude. Hey Phil, do you need gauged files to lower uh, a nut slot? also how do you know when the slot uh, height is correct uh, thanks for all the insight um, you don't need them I've, I I have a video and oh that shows you a trick so it, the trick is you could take a piece of fine sandpaper and wrap it around a string gauge that's slightly smaller than the gauge so let's say you're gonna you need to cut the fi- the slot on this on the uh, nut and the slot is... Uh, let's say a 17 gauge string you can get a smaller gauge string like a 15 gauge string and wrap a piece of sandpaper around it small piece of sandpaper let's say something that's like 400 grit or right and or higher maybe 450 and then just slightly sand uh, that nut slot that if you're just trying to move a little bit that's all you're going to do um and how do you know the slot nut slot height is correct um well you can use a gap gauge you can use all kinds of stuff uh the the measurement i don't go off a measurement what i go off of is i first set the action so the way i do it is this i follow you know what we saw ron thorne call it the train method uh i never called it that obviously that's his thing but i followed that method which is first i tune the guitar um and then i uh 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 what, what's the term? What is it? <laughs> you tune the guitar. Then you do the relief on the neck and then would set the relief on the neck. Then you adjust the action, which is your saddles on your bridge. And then you set the intonation on the guitar. And then he said in is for noodle. And a lot of people said in is for nut. And I believe he actually meant nut but i think he wanted to keep it easy for everybody so he said noodle you know like play but at that point that's when i would do the nut i do the nut last and so at that point what i would do is make sure that the gap um and everybody has a different measurement on this and you can look this up but i actually make sure that the 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 if the guitar is right i want the nut cut to a depth where when i push my finger down on the third fret of the guitar i want the string to barely touch the first fret so that's uh, you know, or touch it to be honest with you, I want it on there. But again, there's uh, there's specific measurements. I can put a link to to uh, I sheets. I have sheets that tell you that stuff. but that's how I do it generally speaking. Again, it's a little tough. and I know we talked about doing uh, one live show from the shop and we'll be doing that. I think I'm going to decide the last episode every month will be, in my shop for these type of questions. Uh, the Convert says, just got a, my first Gibson Les Paul standard new 60s. I love it, but I think the 60 ones are fine, but not awesome. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> i'd rather put 57s or bb1s and twos in it but i'm concerned about the trade value thoughts thanks uh it wouldn't devalue the guitar um you gotta understand your your if you got a les paul 60s guitar uh i'm assuming it's newer especially since it's got 61s i'm assuming it's a 2019 or newer but it doesn't matter if it's not at least you know 20 years old the the point is uh, sw- swapping out your gifts and pickups or other gifts pickups are not going to devalue the guitar in fact i'll tell you what will add sometimes value to guitar not uh, even to a vintage guitar is uh i would love i love it when this happens and, and you guys put comments down below if you love it too i love it when somebody puts a guitar like that on craigslist or reverb and says uh 1960s les paul upgraded to 57 pickups original 61s in the case you're like oh sweet. It's right. I can swap and have both. So no, you wouldn't hurt the value. So go ahead and upgrade them to the 57s or the burst buckers, uh, ones or twos. And then like I said, just keep the original ones in the case. If you ever sell it, you know, you might have to either put the original ones back, which will save you money if you do it that way, put the original ones back and keep your 57s or BBs. Um, but if you don't want to swap them, then you leave the ones you put in there, but put, give them the originals. They love it. Trust me nothing better than getting a guitar with options um i love it do you guys love it when you get a guitar and somebody i bought used and the guitar was like you know it'll be like i don't know what one did i have i i think it was a guitar that had upgraded bare knuckles in it and it was like upgraded bare knuckles but original pickups in case And you're like sweet <laughs> so there you go and then uh lefty guitar said let's let us pretend you wait let us pretend you for some reason lied and were arrogant on YouTube. Would you apologize in a video or just pretend it never happened? Your thoughts. Um that's interesting. Uh well, it depends. You know what I mean? What I mean by depends is uh I I I I I can only tell you again I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm laughing. I'm like, I don't know what I've done. Um, well, I can tell you right now, I, I'm generally uh, uh, an apologetic person by nature it's true. Like I, you know, I, I, I'm, some people suffer from this, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the type of person to apologize for things I didn't do wrong. You know what I mean? So I'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry that happened. They're like you didn't do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still so sorry it happened. That's a, I, I'm not proud of that, by the way. That's not like a, 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 an attribute I'm proud of, but it is an attribute I have. Um, but generally speaking, it would depends if I thought, uh, if I did something wrong and I thought apologizing would help, uh, and, and if it was the right thing to do, I would definitely do it. If, I don't know if I'd pretend it ever happened. Um, So it just depends. I don't know. That's a tough question, especially since I'm public. You know what I mean? It's a public thing. Um, What I would do, I'll tell you this. I try to hit everything head on. Uh, if it's something that i did wrong um i don't have a whole lot of experience with this because i've had whatever issues i've had publicly on youtube it was always somebody got upset with me about something and i didn't necessarily i want to say i didn't do anything wrong i didn't necessarily have anything that i could specifically apologize for you know what i mean there wasn't like a yes i i'm sorry i said that it was more of like a uh okay, I'm sorry you felt that way. You know what I mean? So, um, but what I would tell you is this, here's what I would tell you. Um, I can tell you that I usually like to reach out to the person that's upset because usually if you're upsetting every, Oh, that's a better way to put it. So if I upset a bunch of you guys, I would probably publicly apologize. If I upset a person, I just contact that person and say, you know, look, that's not my intent. I'm not here to upset anyone or do anything wrong, but, and, uh, and, and there you go. It's a tough thing. I I, I know subjects like this. I said, let's see, end on a, poz- a positive note. But stuff like this, I understand it's a tough thing, um, especially out there. And we've seen it all on, on this forum, you know, this whole thing when it's public. And it's tricky. It's tricky. The um, But I will tell you this. Um everything, especially doing as many live shows as my 150, 145th live show. That means there's over 150 hours because they always go over an hour, over 150 hours of me talking about all kinds of subjects. Obviously I've probably said stuff I now disagree with. I have probably said stuff that's definitely upset people. I mean, it's actually tapered off, but so you know, on the average live show, I lose about 20 subscribers per live show. And which is funny because I do about 35, 40 questions. So literally half the answers I give, makes a person get upset with me and disengage and i'm sure sometimes it's as simple as something like oh prs is cool but you know and they go no it's not and they you know, whatever they get upset about whatever you trigger them for um so i mean i can't apologize for every single thing i've ever done to anybody that's done that but i generally think the best rule of thumb is uh well like i told you about feedback i take all feedback seriously first that's the best thing you can do there's no such thing as uh is uh unvalid feedback there the way feedback is given sometimes is wrong what i mean by wrong is you could say hey phil you know you know whatever i I don't want to give an analogy but you get the idea people have sometimes been horribly rude and inconsiderate in the way they've told me some information doesn't make the information less valid just makes me not like the way the delivery is but i still have to acknowledge the information so for instance if somebody says hey your video looks grainy and crappy as crap i might not like the way they said that and i don't have to appreciate the way they told it to me or like it but i if i'm smart which i try to be i will take i will take i will consider the fact that i need to look at my footage and see what it is that they're seeing so there you go so that's my answer um so that's my thoughts try to do that Um, but also try to treat everybody with respect. I find that takes you a really, really long way. Um, people say it's called to being nice or, and, and I find it's everybody's got it wrong. One thing that the one thing that's tough for me publicly, and I, and I mean, tough for me to, uh, to relay to you guys is that it's harder to be nice than it is to be a a jerk. It is harder. Um, it's a lot easier to be a jerk. (laughs) when people are like oh you should let them have it i'm like yeah that's the easy way out the hard way is to actually look at something and say okay what's the positive of this so there you go and then the last question is metalhead hippie hey metalhead hippie i haven't, haven't seen you in a little while uh actually i got two more so metalhead hippie says phil are you and lewis ever going to do a music video together uh you will be my valentine please ah please hugs bro oh thank you uh so um you know he's gonna do another music video i don't know he might ask me to do that i you know the last one i think he asked me to do bass and i think as well because we were traveling i couldn't do anything i would love to do that i would do that for for anybody i would love to do collab music stuff are you kidding that's great today's day and age uh i mean obviously tk is my friend but you know, it'd be cool just to do that with, you know, music stuff. Uh, Cause I get to do that sometimes I get to go to a studio and record with a friend and do stuff like that. It's great. Um, and then SG flying, but thanks metalhead hippie. That's a great suggestion, by the way, on top of that, um, SG flying V says graph tech, string cyber saddles were worth worth a punt <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> worth it. I'm gonna say worth it. Uh, are they worth it? Um, well, you know what it is. I put some on a guitar. Like I said, I did the uh, the sharp axe because again, there I've had mixed feelings about them over the years. At some point, I, I love them, then I hated them. Um, but what I've learned is uh, some people say they mellow out your sound. Some people say they make it too bright. What I've really learned is is that I like them better than the cheap the cheap saddles that come in a lot of guitars. When I mean cheap, I mean cheap pot metal kind of saddles. So if you don't get good quality saddles. Um, sometimes those are a great replacement for those. So are they worth it? Um, They're worth it. They're worth it to me. I've enjoyed the ones I put on guitars. Um, I don't ever... I've never wanted them, but here I actually what I was gonna say is I, I've put them on so many guitars for customers, and the customers are always so happy. And it became one of those things that I've learned that I, even though for some reason I don't go, oh, I need that, I have found so much success with other players doing it that I I tend to recommend them for other players. But me, I've never put them on my guitars because I've never really felt a need to change the tone that way on the guitar um it's because a lot of my guitars although i mod guitars i mostly mod guitars and you've, you've seen this even the sharp max is mostly i mod other people's guitars if you look at my guitars they're almost un, all unmodded very few of my guitars get modified and it's because i mod guitars for other people and i've you know, and modding people, guitars for people is very enjoyable and teaching people how to mod their guitars is very enjoyable. But what's really enjoyable for me sometimes is buying a guitar. I don't have to do anything too. That's what's really enjoyable to me. So, you know, especially it gets worse as the years go on. I just want to buy a guitar. I instantly like that way that I don't have to change because I'm going to be working on guitars all week. <laughs> I don't need another guitar. I'm not looking for another project is what I'm trying to say. All right. On that note, we will call it. Except for, i got one last one. Josh, Josh Jake Finnegan says, hey, Phil, keeping up with the TTM guitar scam? I, you know what? I have not been, but uh, TTM guitars, I, I've not heard nothing but crazy stuff for years about them, ups and downs. Um, and uh, so I haven't uh, heard anything recently about them. TTM is a company that I mentioned, if you watched my video where I went to Sam Ash and bought a guitar, uh, that video, I, I saw a TTM guitar and a uh, TTM standard for taller than midgets, but they call it in TTM. Please don't kill the messenger. I'm just repeating what the company is called. Um, so if it offends anybody, it's just, uh, again, I'm not gonna, I'm just telling you guys. So you guys are, are aware. I want you to be aware of what's going on, what it is. Um, but that's not, I don't think the drama. I think they've, they've always had some kind of issues. This industry is plagued with a lot of crazy stuff like that. Uh, in fact, nothing I've ever heard about that company is different than any other company or not any, but you know, tons of other companies I've heard. There's always some kind of stuff. Um, out there and stuff. Um, and that's why like I said, hopefully, uh, what I care about, let me tell you what I care about. And we'll end on this note and it'll be positive and hopefully affordable. What I care about, if you guys know, is that whatever I've recommended to you, it be right. Um, because that's why I'm, I'm very, uh, uh scrutinize what I do and say is because it's very important to me that if I'm recommending something to you, that it's something I've had a good experience with and I continue to have a good experience with, um, because, um, Here's what I've learned. I've learned that uh you'll watch me for entertainment, but if you take one of my recommendations and it's not very good, it doesn't matter how entertaining or inter- not entertaining I am, you're never watch me again. So so on that note, I'm going to let you guys go so you can enjoy Valentine's Day weekend and uh I guys I hope you guys uh get to play music for somebody you love. How about that? We'll end on that note. I want to thank all the patrons who support the channel. I want to thank you guys for supporting the channel as well. Look for a cool video. The Steve I interview video. I released it to the patrons uh, today. So uh, my plan is to get that out to you guys on Sunday. Uh, and uh, cause I usually use the patrons to tell me if there's anything I should add, change or adjust. And uh, they're like, kind of like my, uh, what do you call it? Um, they're like my editing crew. They can you know, tell me if there was a mistake or something weird in the, in the cuts. So, uh, and, uh, And on that note, and remember, and remember, uh, if you don't have any friends to play guitars with this weekend, that's why you need a looping pedal. (laughs) I'm just saying that because that's what I love about looping pedals. All right. On that note, I'll thank you guys and I'll talk to you next week. And until next week, know your gear. Oh, and there you go.